0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 upfront for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's the Mitchin Podcast.
0: Hey, what's up? And welcome to the Mitchin, a weekly food podcast coming out of Sydney, hosted by Mitch Orr and Andrew Levins. <laughs> Uh, I'm Andrew Levins Mitchell over there Hey mate uh, Mitchell can be found at Acme most days of the week A restaurant in Do you call it Elizabeth Bay or do you call it No, nah, cutters. I should definitely know that right now <laughs> cutters. Um, usually we'll be also joined by Pinbone's Mike Eggett But um, he is dealing with a fridge emergency um, And every chef listening can definitely relate to that um, So instead we have uh, two good friends of ours um, This is a special episode in that it is going to be Brutal sad depressing and hopefully hopeful um it's about sydney's lockouts and uh i guess about licensing laws that have affected businesses in sydney um when they first were introduced just over two years ago um it was definitely looked at like they were only only going to affect the nightclub industry um but more recently we've seen it really affect the food service industry and so to we'll talk about that with us today, we have um the head of Keep Sydney open, an amazing website that is uh has become basically a resource to go to kind of find out the best ways to oppose the lockouts and 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 create like you know helpful ways instead of just ranting and making memes of mike Baird um <laughs> although that that's really helpful as well <laughs> Keep it
2: coming guys
0: <laughs> uh, so the head of uh, Keep Sydney open is uh, a very old friend of mine, Tyson Coe. Hi Levins, hi Mitch. Hey. mate. And we've also got um, one of Mitch's business partners from Acme. He is the E in Acme. Um, Ed Loveday. Um, Now, Ed, you haven't only worked on Acme in in the last uh, few years. Um, One of the first venues you 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 ran was it is it the first venue that you ran or the, was
3: the f- well not the first venue i ran but the first venue that i owned
0: right yeah. sure um it was called the passage yep. and uh it was uh, a great spot in uh, in darlinghurst that um operated for was it three and a half years
3: five and, five and a half years. fuck me that's all yeah. that's crazy
0: yeah. um and uh unfortunately in the last three months towards the end of last year you had to shut doors
3: Yeah, I mean, we probably kept it going for a little bit longer than we should have, but
0: uh, yeah, we closed December last year. And uh, you guys offered food, drinks, and late-night entertainment, basically. That's right. DJs and live stuff, too, occasionally, too. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So, um, I guess we're going to try and be as optimistic as possible about um, the current state of Sydney. We actually have gotten a few messages uh, on our iTunes account and to our email saying, stop talking about the lockouts, we know they suck, shut up. But... Too bad! Too bad. It's, it's <laughs> like, like you know what's worse than hearing about the lockouts all the time? Is the fucking the lockouts lockout, themselves. Exactly. So um, I guess we, we're going to talk about these and, and the licensing laws. I mean, obviously last week you heard Mike's very passionate um, message about the uh, licensing police storming into 10 Williams Street and um, picking them up for very, very silly reasons. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I guess uh, Tyson, um, it would be great to kind of talk to you about um, keep Sydney open, why you started it and um, what you've done
2: in the last year since starting. Yeah, sure. Well, look, um, it was actually started before I got involved. It was started by a couple of really fantastic people, Cass Wilkinson, who was one of the founders of FBI and also Kirsty Brown from Music New South Wales. So it's had a real... Uh, music focus particularly when it was first set up because they identified and so did a lot of people that as you said earlier the nightclub industry the djs the bands the venues you know um, they're the ones who would be affected but since then the campaign has really broadened um, since i came along maybe about nine months ago because we've seen how almost everything's been affected it's not just the venues you know there's there's a whole ecosystem of bars, of cafes, of restaurants and basically any business that is in the precinct of the lockout they've been affected and it doesn't matter whether you're uh, a theatre or a news agent you know we've we've seen uh, a lot of damage done there so look um it's it's it's, it's broadened out to um basically be a uh, i guess a vehicle for anyone in the public who feels really strongly about this to come and support as well as um giving a lot of other uh small businesses support as well so yeah hopefully hopefully we'll get something done yeah, we, we've got the big news and we should talk about it straight away is that you um,
0: have organised a, a rally this Sunday.
2: Yeah, that's right. So that was off the back of the issue really blowing up last week and I, I still can't believe how that mm. transpired. It was just absolutely It's really mental.
4: gained crazy momentum in the last sort of week and a half,
2: hasn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. But not just,
4: not just from the same people. Like, It's not just people in the industry talking about it. Now the media are picking it up. Even like someone like Alan Jones who... of the time you don't want to hear from, has had some really intelligent things to say in support of, like, how bad the lockout laws are and all that kind of thing. It's become a really broad scope of people speaking out against them. He definitely saw the right meme.
2: Yeah, Uh, yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's been a really one-sided argument. And the really funny thing was with Premier Mike Baird's post on facebook which you know he he kind of accused everyone else who who doesn't like the lockouts as being hysterical but it's actually hysteria hysteria that got us into this mess in the first place that we didn't really scope out the effects of the lockout um at the time when it was proposed it was rushed through um basically to try and keep Um, people happy and it was politicized really early on and so I think a lot of those people feel really threatened because it has now turned into more of an even-handed conversation as opposed to just being dictated to you know um, like you know I, I take it really personally when people accuse me of not really caring about doctors and nurses and hospitals and police you know I mean they're all part of the solution. We all get affected by this. You know, when we're on the streets after midnight, we're the people who are being kept safe. And, of course, we don't want to see anyone um, get bashed. It's got nothing to do with that. It's got to do with the fact that um, there are other ways to stop people from being assaulted at night and rocking up to a hospital. And um, and that's what we need to pursue, you know. It's this idea that there has to be um, a loser for there to be... A winner and I just think that's totally bullshit. We can all come out of this as winners. It's just a matter of whether we're prepared to try.
0: Yeah, that's really, really well said. Um, you mentioned earlier um, the, the different range of businesses that have had to shut. Um, I mean, to begin with, we saw nightclubs closing and, and bars closing. We've, we've since seen restaurants like Jimmy Licks, which has been open for over eight years, um, shut its doors in Potts Point. Um, you mentioned the news agent. Um, on uh, on Oxford Street, and that was... Um, I think we've spoken about it in the past. We've obviously. spoken
4: about it before because it was a real cultural... <laughs> it sounds silly to say that a newsagent can be a cultural hub, but for those of us in the restaurant industry, we've spoken about it before, it was the place where we would go to see our reviews in the Sydney Morning Herald the first time, and it's something oh, it, you yeah. did from when you are an apprentice working for a chef to all the way when you have your own restaurant. That was the place you would go to at midnight on Monday night, because it was the first place to get the Sydney morning herald for tuesday's paper you know and to think that the lockout laws can make a news agent that was a 24-hour business close its doors like that's crazy Oh, yeah. And, That's crazy.
2: And that news agent had been run by the same family, the Piggott family, for three generations. Yeah. Uh, it was first um, started by Mark Piggott's granddad who opened it back when trams used to run up and down Oxford Street, you know, and all these places which have a history behind them and a story, you know, like, they've been the first ones to go. And unfortunately, the only kinds of venues that can really weather... Um, these lockouts are the ones that have another revenue stream, i.e. pokies and gambling, and those are the places that have stayed open. Meanwhile, it's all the small guys that have... Uh, oh, you should have told me to turn the phone off. <laughs> yeah. Who is it? So, Put him on blast. Oh, yeah. Who's this? Oh, no. That can wait. That can wait. <laughs> right. Silent. Silent. Okay. Right. You've, been, um, <laughs> you've
0: been getting like... Because you, you have a full-time job. I should have brought that up when you... When you when I introduced you, yeah, Tyson is the your producer of Rage. Yeah, I produce Rage. Yeah, I've been doing that for the last maybe four and a half years. And uh, man, they're they're very good to you to, to let you because you're pretty much this has become
2: like a, a full time job. Certainly in the uh, you know, in the line, line up to uh, the, the the rally. Well, that's right. Yeah, in this last week and a half, it's been pretty nuts. But how I've been running it, how I've been juggling it is, um, yeah, just um, being being in the office. And then, um, and then just like staying there until really late. So basically, trying to do all my rage work first, and then when it hits five, six p.m., then switch over into doing keeps in the open. But then obviously, some stuff would uh, require my attention during the day. So then I would have to switch in the middle of the day over to doing um, KSO stuff, and then uh, yeah, essentially just stick around and be at work from you know for like 10, 10 13 hours, and then um, try and manage both. Is it going to be a Keep Sydney Open special edition of, uh, of Rage soon? <laughs> no, I do try and separate the two um, as much as possible. There's so, no, no subliminal messages pum- pumped
4: into rage uh, for the early morning?
2: Yeah, haven't really haven't really thought about it. Yeah, <laughs> like appropriate songs. I don't know. Fight for your right to party. Starting the show every week a- from a- now a- on. Akon locked up. Akon locked up. Yeah, we're not going to take it. I don't know. Like <laughs> choose your anthem. <laughs> yeah, so Ed, the other day,
0: um, just, just last night actually, mm. you uh, did a great post that I, I would love for you to uh, actually read out. On on uh, into the mic, uh, sure. yeah. Um,
4: Ra- rather than have everyone give you friend requests to read your post, <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, because obviously a massive part of why everyone is so up in arms about why the allow- like the lockout laws don't affect every venue in Sydney, and in fact the, the 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 one main one that's been exempt, even though it's directly in the area, in fact venues across the road from it. Um, Have uh, uh, Shut down They're in the lockout They're in the zone But if you go across the road To the casino Sydney casino The Star casino And and Barangaroo And yeah Soon to be Barangaroo Is is it proper Is all the bar part of that open yet The casino part Um, No Not yet But that whole area Is not part of lockout laws Wow Um, So They've been made exempt And um, There have been A lot of different politicians That try and justify Those exemptions And And so, Ed, you wrote a post last night in response to one of them, right?
3: Uh, it was a response to an article that the SMH posted that was quoting the Star uh, Casino's boss um, in saying that, uh, you know, the Star is a safe venue and it wouldn't be fair for it to have the lockouts imposed upon them because of their, their safety record. And that just struck a chord with me because, I mean, we we didn't have a single incident at the passage in five and a half years. In fact, the only time that we ever had to call the police was because we had refused entry for someone that tried to come in the venue and he decided that he wasn't going to leave the area and caused a bit of a fuss and so we, we called the police. But apart from that, that was really uh, the only thing that we had. And so... Uh, to talk about safety records I thought we had a pretty good one but we still had the, the lockouts imposed upon us so
0: yeah for sure so to read out what you wrote last night
3: well yeah I just said in in the five and a half years we didn't have a single incident at the passage uh, it was quintessentially a friendly welcoming and safe venue after all we had 2015's good food service award winner Cam Fairburn at the helm A regular guest.
0: Mitch and Classic.
3: And we certainly weren't alone. Dozens upon dozens of other venues like us were providing a similar environment, a place to eat, drink and dance with friends into the early hours of the morning. The Star City Casino's chief executive has a very valid point. Why should a safe venue have the same restrictions and penalties as an unsafe venue? In his words, I think that would make no sense at all. Maybe it's because the passage wasn't an international tourism destination, Uh, like the the chief executive proudly labels the star. We didn't have a soulless food court, a sticky-carpeted 24-7 sports bar or thousands of pokies to blow all your cash on. But together, venues in the CBD and King's Cross precincts made up what was and unfortunately is no longer Sydney's late-night culture. And that is without a shadow of a doubt a key tourism attraction for any global city worth its salt.
0: Well said. Yeah. Very well said. How's the response to that been?
3: Uh pretty decent. Nothing negative so far. <laughs> I can
0: I can't even say go to the Keep Sydney Open rally without someone randomly finding my page <laughs> yeah. and having a go and at me. Go. I got called ageist the other day.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I did see that actually because yeah. that was on because that made my timeline, my personal one I think. Oh, tagging, right. so. <laughs> <laughs> I was like look, I'm going to I'm going to step away from it. <laughs> yeah. um, but
4: it's also interesting that like Tyson just mentioned that the only places that are surviving other places with pokies and other revenue streams and interestingly that also funnels money back to the government through pokie revenue and taxes and stuff like that so you can be real conspiracy theory you know you can have a lot of conspiracy theory you can be mike (laughs) eggety about it but it's also in a way quite transparent as well you know
2: yeah i don't think it's a secret you know um i was uh, um, part of a panel discussion which had the head of the police union on it, Scott Webber, and he explicitly said, look, the reason why the casino isn't, a, um, isn't part of the lockout zone is because of money, you know, and that's the reason why they will always be exempt. And, you know, um, look, personally, I don't want to attack the casino too much. I haven't done, done that too much. Uh, I don't think that they should close early. I just think that the other places...
4: No, no, no. it's not about the casino being the
2: bad No, right? it's about everything it's about else. It's about parity. Yeah. The other options, you know, and for example, Ed, like your venue and, um, you know, other ones that are safe run, safely run, you know, we just need other options. The idea that we can only have these venues open because they, they make the government money like i don't know there's just something really dystopian about that and you know i think we all we all need to fight it so yeah look um yeah i guess that's really quite funny hearing those comments from from the head of the star because it is one of the most violent venues in in the whole um city and that's that's just a fact um and also just the damage that gambling does to people's lives as well you know i mean that's that's the greater conversation and you know if you want to talk about hysteria you'd be lucky to find more than 10 guys who die as a result of um of being king hit meanwhile You've got about 2,500 suicides that happened around the country um, and one in five of them is attributed to gambling. So that's about 500 people who, you know, top themselves as a result of um, being affected by problem gambling. You know, that is an epidemic, not what we've not what we're experiencing here, you know. It's something which has really been blown out of of proportion and the average person who picks up uh, a newspaper or turns on the news on telly just would not know that because they're being lied to, you know, and... (laughs) And, look, I just think that education really is um, really important just to try and understand the scope of this problem but also realise what we can do and where we should be putting our, um, our resources and our attention, you know, because basically the problem was not and is not big enough to shut down um, nightlife in this, in, in this city. It's an international city and I just think we've got to try harder. But the pro-
4: the problem isn't even in the venues. It's in education. It's in, you know... That side of thing, like a knee-jerk reaction, like, oh, you can't go into a club at one does doesn't stop people from sinking a case of piss at home before they head out to one of the
0: streets or well, whatever. Both, you know? of, both of the dudes that, 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 that punched the victims... Had not, been in, had not venue, been in a venue in Kings, that night. Right. That's yeah. right, exactly. So that knee-jerk reaction
4: that the government used as an excuse, and like we're by no means condoning violence or anything like that or saying that it's okay that any of those things happened but the fact that they were used as a knee-jerk reaction to put these laws in place rather than being used as a scope for education and looking at the deeper problem of binge drinking and anger and stupidity in young males, like, that's the issue. That's where our resources should be going, you know? Not to shutting down an international city and making it... A laughingstock.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, one of the groups that um, that we talk to a lot that we associate with is an anti-violence uh, organisation, and uh, and it was actually started by uh, a girl called Claudia McEwen, whose brother Michael is uh, is still quoted in terms of victims of um, of, of one punch attacks. He was attacked in Bondi, and he was in a coma for about eight or nine days. And, um, and so that really spurred Claudia to start this organization. And so they have a bunch of people that go around to schools, um, all over, all over the city and really educate young people about going out about violence. And they have a really great, um, success rate in terms of, um, in terms of their response from, from students, you know, that's exactly the kind of thing that needs more funding. They're a really small organization, but they're out there just sort of doing it off their own backs, you know, and, and, um, and yeah, I mean you know, people People listening right now, you know, um, you enjoy a drink, you know, we all enjoy a drink and we don't have the impulse to go and deck someone. You know, it's alcohol, blaming that as as the impetus for all of this just really lets all these bags who, who do want to punch on off scot-free and it's not fair for the rest of us. We're all responsible. Yeah. One of the biggest
0: things that we, uh, as people who oppose the lockouts, get... Commented on um, by people that don't know, for, like the situation as well as we do, is uh, you know, the, the, I often see the comment uh, posted, like you know, if you if if you have to have a drink after three a.m., obviously that's what your life needs to you know you re- reassess what's important in your life, blah blah blah. So I feel like you know if anyone is doubtful that this is an issue, what are things that we do after three a.m.?
2: Yeah, well, look, um, I think that is actually a really big problem um, with. Um, with nightlife, with electronic music, with live music. And uh, and also with youth culture in general is that there aren't very many positive depictions of what happens, you know, um, late at night. But basically, you know, like people are out there having a good time with their friends, having a laugh, um, you, you know, chatting to strangers, making new friends, you know, hooking up, you know, listening to music, dancing, all this kind of stuff that we do. And it's not a new thing by all means, you know. I mean, I've spoken to my parents and my grandparents.
4: Now were and, doing the same things.
2: Oh, Absolutely, for sure. You know, they had late night taverns. You know, back in ancient Egypt. You know, and just this yeah. idea that <laughs> yeah. that like you know it's, it's like a new craze that these happens. young
4: people are yeah, doing. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and you know
2: what? Like I probably you know I wouldn't say this so much in a mainstream media interview, but like. There's a part of me that's really suspicious about people that say that, which is basically like, I think these are just people who are really uncool when they were younger and they're kind of trying to take it out on people now. (laughs) Don't you reckon? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 Grumpy. It It was especially disappointing when the lockout laws were brought in and a lot of people that I know used to go out a lot. I used to see it all the time they were past the point of going out and their reaction was, oh, this won't affect me. Oh, well, it's fine. I don't go out anymore. That was the most disappointing thing for me. Yeah, for sure.
2: But 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 the fact is, is that it's not just a young people's issue. Um, there are a lot of older people um, that do want to go out, people who are in their 40s and 50s. Absolutely. Um, you see that a lot more actually in other cities. You see that in Melbourne, you see that in Asia and, and, and Europe. There are a lot more people um, who are... Um, in the sort of middle-aged uh, demographic who are on the streets, are enjoying music, uh, are in clubs, you know? Rich,
4: richer culture.
2: Yeah, absolutely for sure. You know, and I think that's that's one of the great things that, um, particularly, uh, waves of um, migration from say Greece and Italy, but then also, um, but then also from Asia as well. If you actually have a look, if you walk around the streets in Sydney. Um, after say 9.30pm or if you're on a train, most of the people there are Asian because they all come from cultures where shopping does go on until 10, where bars do open until really late, where the restaurants do close after midnight and, and I feel sorry for everyone. They can't who, work out what's going on. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I just give me something to do, yeah. you know. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but yeah. in saying that too, Lev, like, when was the last time I had a drink at any one of your events? No, totally. Being Mitch, out. Mitch, Mitch doesn't I drink. I don't drink Mitch's when I go out. But, so, why do the lockout laws apply to me? Exactly. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, you a, a lot of people that work in food service don't get off work until, you know, 1, 2 a.m. Yeah. And their opportunity to let their hair down and have a good night often is completely taken away from them because they can't get into a venue after one thirty.
2: Yeah, that's right. Like, there's all these people that do want to stay out um, until late and... Yeah, you kind of see this really insidious and manipulative.
1: One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
2: Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt.
1: Until
0: you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more.
1: So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at
2: UH1.com. That's UH1.com.
3: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zeppound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
2: The portrayal of anyone who's up after midnight, basically that you're up to no good, that you you just want to get maggot. And, you know, it's really just, um, I mean, I think a really great example is um, up in Queensland with their premier being quite divisive by describing their entertainment precincts as war zones. You know, just to to put that image in people's minds, people who don't actually come into the city, and then that whole phrase just, you know, ticks over in their head war zone it's a war zone it's a war zone mm. if you're out on the streets it's not it's just not you know and then and I do think that um, you know um, it is also up to us to to put that best foot forward and let people know what does happen at night time because it's not what people think yeah as a DJ like I,
0: I wouldn't I wouldn't you know I still the, the majority of my of my takings my, my money my wage comes from DJing and I wouldn't be able to be at that point with if, if, if I started DJing during the current Nightclub climate, because when you start out, you get given those, you know, 3am three to 5am 3 slots to cut your teeth on. You know, you either play early or you play late, but now there's less hours in a night for a nightclub to run, so they just get like three DJs as opposed to five. And that cuts out the, the, the little dudes that don't that don't know how to DJ yet or like, you know, need to learn how to do it. Yeah. Um I I met my wife in a nightclub and then she booked a nightclub that she would constantly book me to do the late set. That's how we got to know each other. Like I probably wouldn't be married if if the lockouts existed then.
2: Exactly, yeah. No, that look, there's all sorts of, you know, really great stories that have come out of uh nightlife and the nighttime economy, you know. I mean it's um there's that's just That's just a fact. There's no question about that. Uh, Look, it's not just the people on the ground and DJs and promoters who are finding it tough, but it is the venues themselves. And what a lot of people don't realise when when they're like, oh, as if you'd put a live band on at 3 a.m. anyway, um, a lot of venues do both. So a lot of venues have got a stage where they can either have a DJ or they can have a live band. Um, And when there are bands on earlier in the evening, people... Um, don't drink as much. Their attention is usually held, and so it's actually not very um, it's not very lucrative for a venue to have live music. And so a lot of operators will say, "Look, it's the DJs that we have on after the bands that do go until two, three in the morning, etc. That uh, that essentially subsidises the live music program that they have earlier in the evening. Uh, so you know." as i said at the very start this is an ecosystem you can't have one without the other exactly
0: yeah and, and and like you know to to run until 3 a.m and have the alcohol cutoff point at 3 a.m i know a lot of venue owners said that that's their like to trade until 3 a.m that's what they need to break even to profit out of the amazing amount of work that you put into
2: running a venue you need those three to five a.m hours that you used to have yeah that's right and and you know what it's not even about putting that profit and the need of a venue to survive over the need to have safer streets and to try and um, lessen assaults. Because we just know from looking at other cities, we know from how this city has been run in the past that it is possible to, to do, do things both. apart from just shut a venue down um, in order to um, to improve those results. So, you know, we, we've been talking a lot about having a nightmare like they do in other... Uh, cities can you you just um, night pause mayor (laughs)
1: mayor (laughs) Uh, a mayor of the night uh, yeah exactly that's a lot better yeah (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) maybe like a commissioner I don't know I find it I've
0: never I've I've read it a million times and never had a problem Mm. seeing the words night and mayor together (laughs) I've never heard someone (laughs) say it but then when you say I
2: know (laughs) we made a a little reference to that pun as well I was like uh, you know other cities get a nightmare but in Sydney we have a nightmare like, you know- <laughs> Oh my god
0: I wish we had An Elm Street In Sydney So yeah. you could be The nightmare Of Elm Street Oh yeah Well they changed
2: The, the names of streets Down in Melbourne So maybe we can do that here. Mm-hmm. But Yeah look um, Basically there's other Things that we can do um, We can allow venues To trade Not just until 3 But after 3 And also uh, Make them safe as well
0: Yeah What are some um, Other Things that have been implemented in other cities that that mm-hmm. would be better to, than the lockout laws in Sydney.
2: All right. Well, um, I had heard that Vancouver had uh, quite an innovative approach to tackling their uh, their problems with violence in their entertainment precinct, and I actually went there in November and I saw it myself. But what they do on Granville Street is they set up barricades, and usually it's open to traffic and um, and buses and and and, um, and and whatnot. But then they close it off. Uh, so, you can walk around on the street and there's street entertainment. So, you know, it creates a really positive atmosphere. There's police there at the barricades. There's first aid and that really sets the tone. You are entering... Uh, same and, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's more like a festival atmosphere. And, um, and so, uh, ever since they did that, they got a 26% decrease in assaults. Uh, and that's just one thing you know um, w- there's also transport getting people in and out of entertainment precincts it means that people don't hang around the streets waiting for a cab which is impossible to get yep. and um, and it means that they can get home safely and it also means that people who have had enough that might be those people that we're talking about that you know that 0.01 percent of people that do want to punch on it gets them off the streets too in Melbourne they've just introduced 24 hour transport on the weekends um, visible policing is definitely one uh, we also talking about anti-violence um, public campaigns we're talking about looking at the um the the closing time staggering them and london says that that's a big reason for their success so a lot of these small bars that have opened you know forget three eight three o'clock forget 1 a lot of them can only trade until midnight in fact one bar the bearded tit in redfern which has been so valuable for the local community they had i think half an hour an hour shaved off there. Their time, I think they can only trade until eleven or eleven thirty now. So horrible. Yeah. Why? Well, well, exactly. Well, usually it's because of one or two residents complaining. But 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 what they've done in Melbourne now is they've actually um, uh, put legislation in place that protects these venues which do offer a service to the community because if one or two people have moved in and then, you know, they need yeah. to get up, that's probably not where they should be living. Exactly. So, you know, meanwhile there's a place don't, where,
4: don't move in next to a pub and then complain about the pub being there.
2: No, exactly, you know, and then just seeing venues like the Hopeton, the Old Hoey in Surrey yeah. Hill shut down, so vital for a lot of bands getting their start. And, I'm
0: pretty sure that's where you and I met Yeah, over a decade ago. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah.
2: right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so... Yeah, it was uh, was that frigid maybe? Was that the Sunday nights or Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. I, mean,
0: I I would be at the Hopes in when I was, you know, between eighteen and twenty one I would be at the Hopes in three, four nights a week.
2: Oh yeah. Absolutely. And no. and um, and people complaining about noise was one of the big reasons why that shut down. So yeah, yeah look, um there's there really are a lot of thing, things that we can do and I think that, you know, these small bars which have, you know, a bit more of a, a foodie culture around them, um, you know, which have really nice, um, fancy cocktails and they've got really great, interesting music playing. Um, They're the venues that should be allowed to trade until, hell, they should be 24 hours, you know, Mm -hmm. because they're the ones where these guys who come in from the suburbs, they're not really they don't really fit in with these venues, you know, but then when they come into a precinct and they see there's these, you know, venues which are furnished really nicely that are a lot more civilised, either they have to change their attitude in order, order to be a part of it or they just aren't a part of it at all and it means that those bigger venues where everyone just is all like thrown in together, it means that there are other options to reduce the volatility of those really kind of, yeah, like just highly volatile Venues, So, you know, that's something which is really lateral thinking. Um, it doesn't win votes. I get that. Mm. But it's part of the solution.
0: Yeah. And, like, none of us are opposed to there being licensing laws on venues. Like, I've definitely been at venues where, you know, the they, they take the piss and they let people that are way too p- fucked up to, to they let leave them in the
2: club for way too long. Like, we, we, I, don't, I don't want that. No. No one wants that. No. But tying a, um, tying a venue to its safety record and to its conduct is... What we had before, uh, that system was a bit problematic, but it's basically where it needs to be. I mean, like, because why should a venue be punished just simply because of its postcode? And I'm actually quite surprised that um, there hasn't been some kind of class action because I really do think that it does uh, infringe on um, anti-competition regulations. Mm -hmm. Uh, For example, your venue, Ed, you know, run safely, you know. And
3: we didn't even have... Technically, we didn't even have time shaved off our license because we were three AM licensed. But over the course of twelve months, we saw a sixty percent downturn in revenue, which is just insane. Like you can't run a business like that, yeah, at right.
0: all because of the massive decrease in just foot traffic in the area. Correct, I mean, yeah. like Kings Cross, Darlinghurst, Oxford Street there's no one there after yeah, that, that's anymore. what
4: kills that's what really gets to me when you see the premier spout off all these facts that you don't know A. where he's sourcing the facts from where the region that he's the facts relate to and then when you think about when you, you're you in the cross or in the city and you see that it's an absolute ghost town if there's less people of course there's going to be less incidents like, it's common sense. Yeah, that's right. And there's absolutely no one around anymore. Yeah. You know, and of, if there's no one around, there's no incidents. And the funny thing is, more often than not, there's, you now see more police in Kings Cross than you ever have before, when there's way less fucking people there.
2: Yeah, too little, too late, yeah. I think. Um, but, um, yeah, that's right. Look, um, in terms of the Premier saying that Sydney's more vibrant than ever, um, look, um I guess I'll throw him a bone. He's got obviously a lot on his plate in terms of this issue. He's not there combing the stats like we are. Mm. He's not there talking to venues on the ground like we are. He's actually just got no idea. So basically someone who wants to keep the lockouts um, has basically just um, cherry-picked a few facts, handed put them on his desk, and then he's spouting them out spouting to the public. Out, yeah. mm. So he actually just doesn't know, and that's actually sort of part of our job too, um, as Keeps Sydney Open, but also as people that engage with his culture is to... Let him know. No, things things are shit right now. You know, it's Chinese New Year. Um, the ABC where I work is really close to um, to Chinatown. Uh, I went to get a bite to eat uh, about quarter past ten. Um, you know, um, tables and chairs empty. A handful of tourists around. Um, and and Lunar,
4: Lunar New Year is really a vibrant time. Usually in the city, it's something that's really celebrated and it's really fun and vibrant. And it's cultural and it's all those things that Sydney should be in. Yeah,
0: but don't worry. We've got
4: the noodle
2: markets coming ah, up the soon. Guys markets. will be fine. <laughs> yeah, we've got to get out of this whole like notion of putting on these one- or two-week festivals where everything's great and then we all scurry off into our cubby holes. The best cities around the world could be Buenos Aires, could be Barcelona, could be Berlin, New York, whatever. They are at it every night of the week, 365 days and nights of the year, you know, and that's, that's what we need uh, in Sydney, it used to be more like that, but uh, yeah, it's not like that now. From a small business perspective,
3: the, the noodle markets probably has a negative effect on yeah. small restaurants anyway, yeah. because for two weeks you don't see anyone. <laughs>
0: <sighs> oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> Let's not get started about food festivals.
1: Let's <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. not.
0: Yeah, but no, you're right. A, a festival, uh, sorry, a, a city should be vibrant every night of the week.
1: Yeah, that's
2: right. Not just um, you know, um, he, here are the times of the year where you let off your leash. It's really insulting as someone who you know, um, as most of us who don't cause any problems and they just and we just want to you know engage and we want to have a good time. You know, like yeah, I, I don't know. Things things have gotten very paternalistic in Sydney. I'm 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 actually you know, sometimes I've been accused of being a bit libertarian and, you know, just saying that oh there shouldn't be any restrictions. It's not you know, it's not like that at all. But just you know, I think you really put into perspective when you do travel a bit and you only need to go to Melbourne to see what's possible when you do, you know, um, sort of loosen that noose a little bit. So, you know, yeah, it's something that we can we can all feel. Yeah, it's
4: like I always say that Sydney has better restaurants, better food, better bars, better everything than Melbourne, but what we don't have is a better culture than Melbourne. And, you
0: know... Well, everything that does well here does so against all odds. Yeah, exactly. Like, the
4: the dining, drinking, cafe culture and everything that Melbourne has and Melbourne has aimed to support and make flourish, you, you really see that you know when you go down there everyone's out having a good time being responsible enjoying themselves and it's amazing and then you come to sydney and there's that culture isn't there and that culture hasn't been supported for a while you know and so it's not going to get better if we don't try and support it and educate people and you know educate them that it's not just about going and getting fucked up and drinking till you fall over it's about you know going and enjoying yourself and being social with your friends and meeting people etc cetera, et cetera. exactly
2: yeah look um to I, f- I feel like this we have been a bit dirgy haven't we this 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 podcast but i do want to lift it up a little bit and just kind of you know run off your point mitch that um, that we've actually got it all here, you know. Moving forward, and that's what we plan to do uh, with this rally and uh, and post rally as well is just really highlight that everything that we need to be a fucking great city is right here. We've got here. the people, we have got the talent, we got the people who are hardworking, we got the creativity, we got the people. You know, like a lot of the building blocks are there. You know, all the restaurants, all the you know, all the DJs, all the all all, all the podcasts, the radio shows, the radio shows <laughs> so we, we have, to we, have a, we have um, a world class city and, and we have podcast. a world <laughs> <laughs> we definitely don't have
4: a world class podcast <laughs> but we have a world class city and the more you travel the more you see how amazing Sydney is and the more amazing the talent and the passion and all of that shit that Sydney has and the businesses that are here it's as good as anywhere in the world yeah and we should be supporting that and promoting that instead of
0: trying to fucking shut it down we don't have Rove and Sam though. Who's Roven and Sam?
2: <laughs> hey, I sh- I chatted to them last week, and you know what? Like, um, I I wasn't sure, like, because um, I was a bit green to like media stuff, like just over a week ago, and I thought maybe, <laughs> and, and I thought, that- and I thought that I would actually be going into the studios, and I was frothing because I love. The Bachelorette Like I love <laughs> Sam And so I was like Even when I was on the phone And stuff They were just asking me questions And I just wanted to say At the end like I love you so much Samantha <laughs> Frost <thinking> that- <laughs> And I just I just couldn't But uh, but yeah Anyway like, but if, you're, if you're listening to this I love you Frosty <laughs>
0: <laughs> How many um, How many like Interviews and, and, and Things like that Have you done in the last fortnight
2: Oh mate It's been It's been so nuts Like um, So 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 it all kicked off with a couple of um, interviews that got in newspapers. So that was with both um, News Corp and also Fairfax. And then I was on the front page of the Sydney Morning Herald on Wednesday last week. And then the phone was just running hot. It was just all day. I did like um, Radio National 702, 2GB, 2UE, Today FM. Uh, Fitzy and Whipper the other day. Oh, Fitzy and Whipper. So that was the day after where I actually had a little exchange with the Premier um, and uh, yeah, SBS News, Sunrise. You know, t- today's been in touch. So look, um, the all Mitchin, of the, the <laughs> Mitchin. Save <laughs> the <laughs> best for, towards the end. Get all yeah. this practice out of the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. I know. Uh, yeah, Probably should have done it here first. Then. <laughs> 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 yeah. I know.
1: Oh
2: well. Anyway, but 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 look. Um, yeah, it's it's a good sign because it means that people are listening, and um, yeah. it's good you to know. see the
4: media not just putting one side of the story across well, anymore yeah, especially at yeah. herald
0: at the moment yeah. you know it's it, it seems all their articles seem mm. to have an anti-lockout stance yeah. now which is somewhat ironic given that they massive were change. one of the yeah. main pushes of of pro lockouts when yeah. before they got in you know the at the end they of the really day were. they're
4: trying to sell papers and if this is what's going to sell them then they'll run those, those stories. stories totally. but it's still yeah. it's still a good I mean, thing yeah yeah
0: in the long run yeah um, so obviously we 've got the, uh, the, lock, the uh, anti lockout Keep Sydney open rally this Sunday. Um, where does it start?
2: all right, so um, we, ha- we actually haven 't gone into too much detail um, so far in the media but uh, but it starts at um, well the meeting is about twelve thirty maybe rock up at twelve if you want want to get a good position um, and so that is at at Belmore Park, which is just near Central on Eddy Avenue. Uh, and then from about one o'clock, there'll be like, um, I guess, a little speech. And uh, and then we're going to um, head off um, just after one uh, and then head um, up Pitt Street. Then we're going to um, head down past Bar Century, which is closing this week. Um, head up George. And then we're going to um, head up uh, Bathurst Street to Hyde Park. And that's going to be where all the main speeches and performances are happening. And, um, and yeah, just... Um, you know, just really, I mean, you know, apart from being a protest, which for first and foremost it is, it really is a celebration of. Um, this city and uh, and all the great stuff that's come out of it. You know, we've got people from different generations like um, Dave Faulkner from Hootah Guru is doing a speech. We've got uh, Nina Las Vegas. We've got Isabella Manfredi from The Preachers and a whole bunch of other people as well. Uh, performances from Art vs Science and Royal Headache and hopefully one more which is not confirmed yet, but fingers crossed, that'll be huge. Um, and so, yeah, it's a celebration. Come down... Um, you know march get your voice heard have some fun nice.
0: amazing and beyond that what can we do moving forward to support you and, and support the the notion of there being to more support you city? personally Tyson what can we do
2: um, yeah well you know that thing where you you know when you sort of like grab grab someone else's arms and you make kind of like a like an X and then someone can sit on you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just if you could walk me around like that, that'd, that'd be really good. Um, uh, apart from that, I don't know, like just... Uh, someone someone like put a little scratchy under my under my door like once a day or <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you are
0: doing a, a ton of work for this so there, there are there are definitely options for people to support keep Sydney open maybe we at, at some point you'll be able to hire someone to, to work with you
2: yeah um, well look um, uh, um, biggest things at the moment if you haven't like like the Facebook page yet do that uh, our, uh, our Instagram's going really gangbusters at the moment which is awesome um, also we've got an on- online petition if you haven't signed that please do and uh, and yeah, just kind of keep vigilant because this review is taking six months and there's been a lot of talk that it's actually been set over a long period of time in the hope that people will lose their passion about this. So definitely keep this issue alive and, um, and yeah, look, um, if there's any help in terms of free services that you can offer, then, uh, you know, give me an email or send me um, a message over Facebook. And, yeah, especially post-rally, Keep City Open is going to be moving more into consulting and uh, more of a policy formation phase so we can actually put something on the table and say, hey, here's the answer. Yeah. This is what we've got to do. That's
0: great. we'll keep giving updates on the podcast um, post this rally. Whether you bloody
4: like it or not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If you live in Sydney or know a bunch of people that do and you think this is an important issue because it is, uh, please try and make it to the the rally this Sunday or pass it on to someone that you know will be able to on your behalf. And if you live in Melbourne and don't have to deal with this shit, I'm cooking this Sunday in (laughs) Melbourne. (laughs) Oh, no, who's going to come on your behalf,
4: Mitch? At the Abbotsford Convent. Uh, In Fitzroy, Collingwood, whoever the fuck it is. I don't really know Melbourne that well. (laughs) But cooking with the guys from The Builder's Arm, Josh Murphy, Campbell Thomas and stuff, throwing a bit of a party. So come down to that. I think tickets are on Eventbrite and you can check out the Cool Down Summer Series Instagram for details. But if you're not, or if you want to leave Melbourne and come and support Sydney, then fly up here and go to the rally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and um, everything uh, related to Keep Sydney Open can be found at KeepSydneyOpen.com, Facebook.com slash KeepSydneyOpen2014. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, and, uh, of course, on Twitter, Instagram, and all that as well. Um, Tyson, thanks so much for coming in today. Awesome. Thank thanks you. Man. We'll see you. And thanks I'll for
4: say. being a uh, calm voice. Totally. Yeah. Man, I would be Because if it was be me be and Mike so Eggett, bad, yeah, I would <laughs>
0: fucking lose my mind. <laughs> my, my, my motto was... Like, let's do a campaign called Don't Be a <laughs> Fuckwit. Because <Yeah. laughs> it wasn't about alcohol-related violence. it's about fuckwit-related exactly, violence. Exactly, yeah. To the point, I think.
2: <laughs>
0: um, Ed, we can find you on Instagram, uh, Ed Loveday. Yeah, that's and, it. Um, of course, you can find Mitch and Ed at Acme Restaurant in... Um,
4: where is it again? Rash Cut and pay.
0: <laughs> And you can find me online at LevDog. Um, please find us online at facebook.com the Mitchin, or you can send us an email to the Podcast at gmail.com. We'll be doing some more Q&A episodes in the future, so please send some Qs so we can give you some A's. Thank you so much for listening and keep Sydney open. See you on Sunday. Peace. It's the Mitchin Podcast.